Pitt men's basketball suffers a defeat at the hands of Florida State, but coming right around the engine, it is Wake Forest here on Wednesday. Let's talk about where Pitt men's basketball is at and how important this game is on this Wednesday night. All come today on this episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on Pitt podcast, everybody. As always, I am your host, Nick Fairbaugh. Today's episode of the Locked on Pitt podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel has everything you want, folks. It's the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And let's talk a little bit about where Pitt men's basketball stands right now because they are in a very interesting spot after their loss to Florida State over the weekend. And it leaves them kind of in a limbo area where they're not fully out of it. In fact, they're very in it, and it just makes the outcoming games that much stronger, right? It it makes it that much more important. And so it puts so much more pressure on everything that this team has to do moving forward. And it's not an easy stretch that they're entering here. You know, Wake Forest, Miami, North Carolina, that is a tough stretch. But you're going to have to live through tough stretches if you're going to want to make the NCAA tournament. And so I think we're going to find out a lot more about this team, right? They had a tough stretch at the beginning of the year and bounced back. They really had a great stretch in the middle of the year. Now they're starting to hit a little bit of a rough patch. And this is the area where we're going to find out about Jeff Cable this year, right? I don't anticipate a collapse inbound, but it could happen if Pitt doesn't respond the way they need to. This is a good team that they're facing in Wake Forest too. But let's go back to let's go back to Saturday. Let's go back to January 21st, where Florida State came to town and really took it to Pitt. And there were a lot of reasons why Pitt lost this game. Um, First of all, Florida State just shot the lights out of the basketball. Some of these shots that they made were unbelievable. Um, There was no doubt about it. They they had a day where, as a team, they just felt, they, they were feeling it. Derry Greed. 24 points, five of six, five of eight from downtown, including that step back three that was the dagger in this all. Some of these threes that they made were unbelievable. I thought Pitt's on-ball defense sagged off a little bit, especially in that first half where they just got behind the eight ball, and I thought that really allowed Florida State to get hot from deep. Um, But eventually they were just making some of these crazy shots. Um, But it wasn't. It definitely was not a game for Pitt where they played good offensively. I think that was one of the biggest reasons why they played ISO ball. And and Greg Elliott, Nike Sabana, and L.A. Cummings all had off games. That was something, too. And Blake Henson wasn't really that good for the totality of this game. He had a few hot minutes here and there. But the quality of his time on the court was mattingly inconsistent in this one. So, really, you only got – 
consistent play in this one out of Jamari Burton and Fede Federico, which is just not a winning formula. You need other guys to step up, but this is a night where Pitt's team wasn't really on it, and Florida State's was. They're a matchup problem for Pitt, right? We talked about this in the preview of the game, and we were talking about what Pitt had to worry about, and it was the length, the size of Florida State, and they can shoot it from outside. Um, that is the issue with Florida State. They can do a lot of different things that frustrate Pitt with their switching as well. They switch off ball screens. It kind of destroys what Pitt tries to do offensively, right? They can't get their pick-and-roll game going, and they're not going to get easy moves to the rack other than Jamari's Burton because Burton has that physicality and burst. Nelly has struggled with that length we have seen before in a lot of games, and then to kind of offset that, Greg Elliott and Nike Samandi didn't really step up. And so that's kind of what happened. And then the substitution strategy from Jeff Capel throughout this game was questionable. So Jamaris Burton and Blake Hinson are cooking. And then we have that double timeout at the under 13, essentially. And he removes both Burton and Henson, who had really powered Pitt's comeback after being down 10 and a half. The reason they were up three was because of those two guys, and both of them come off the floor at the same time. Made no sense to me. That was a big reason. And then late in the game, when you knew Darren Green was going to take the shot, what did you do? What you did was you ended up seeing Greg Elliott matched up against Green, and he nailed two straight shots against him when you could have had the length of Nike Sabandi out there. And I think that's what they needed at that time. You know, you weren't going to get offensive production out of really either Elliott or Sabandi or Cummings. You had to just keep Jamaris Burton and Blake Henson and Fede Federico on the floor. I think you should have brought on the length of Sabandi, who has proven at times to be a plus defender. So that, to me, should have led to Sabandi being on the field, uh, I mean, being on the court in those late minutes when Pitt was down one. Just a lot of weird things going on in that game to me that didn't make a ton of sense. And so, to me, it's a game of missed opportunities for Pitt. They had the chance right in their hands, but it's a bad loss. It's a quarter, quadrant four loss for them now. Um, and you look at Florida State, they could probably climb out of that. They could probably get to a quarter three, but, man, they got smoked today by Miami. Didn't shoot well uh, at all. And really, Pitt, it, it just doesn't look good on the resume for Pitt to have lost this game. And so it's that kind of first real blow to the resume where you're like, oh, boy, what what you might be out of the – out of the entire field at this point when you were a nine seed and more comfortably in the field. So Pitt now has to fight back up and it makes this Wake Forest game an absolute must win. And we'll discuss this game a little bit and what Wake Forest kind of does. Um, that's interesting against Pitt because I think it's stylistically an extremely interesting matchup in a vastly different one from many of the teams that we have seen recently go up against Pitt. In fact, I think the teams are fairly 
quite similar. But first, folks, I want to let you know about FanDuel because, folks, the NFL playoffs are here. And, folks, we're really excited about our new betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because there's so many great features that make it all the more fun and endearing to you. Folks, new customers can join today, and you can get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point split spreads to player props and so much more. You can even combine your bets to get a bigger chance payout with a same game parlay. Folks, like look at, for example, you can look at Pitt's upcoming game against Wake Forest where you could bet the Pitt money line. Negative 162 right now for Pitt. They are favored by three and a half points at home. And you can even put on the over under at 148.5. So if you want to do that, you can. Don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As we are here talking about the Pitt men's basketball team and where they go after this loss to Florida State and the upcoming game against Wake Forest. So, quadrant four loss here on the resume for Pitt. Doesn't mean you can't have quadrant four losses. A lot of the teams do on the vote. But in a perceived ACC, that is not very good. This matters. And Pitt now is going to be fighting with a lot of similar teams to make the tournament. And so, Wake Forest is one of those teams. Huge game upcoming. Uh, Wake is playing pretty well right now, too, right? This is a team that has done pretty much everything from getting blown out to defeating really good teams. They beat Clemson by 10. Uh, Virginia took them to the woodshed twice, though. Uh, they, they fought hard at UNC. Uh, this team has beaten Duke. Uh, they kind of been everywhere, all around the bend. And you could point to a team that you don't really know what's going to happen when they show up. Uh, like, seriously, when you look at Pitt and Wake Forest, they match up very interestingly, right? Both these teams shoot the three ball a lot. Wake actually makes the second most threes per game in the conference up at nine. Pitt's not that far behind in that metric. This is a team that shoots the ball well from the free throw line. Pitt does that extremely well. Uh, This is a team that has a pretty good true field goal percentage from the floor. Again, another thing Pitt does really well. Uh, You just look at all of that. It's a fascinating kind of matchup here. Uh, They take care of the basketball, relatively speaking. Uh, So it is a really interesting matchup between these two teams. But I look at it as who's going to be able to defend the the three-point line better. You have Tyree Appleby over there for Wake Forest. For Pitt, obviously, their leader is Jamarius Burton. But the, the surrounding players can shoot the rock. And that has been the very defining thing 
of both these teams. Straight up. Monsanto shoots the rock extremely well for Wake Forest, shooting about 41% from downtown. Pitt has a similar type of guy on a streak right now in conference play with Nike Sabandi, and Greg Elliott has done that before. Um, so it's kind of a, a weird group, but they can shoot one through four. Pitt can shoot one through four. Um, really, that's what this is. Uh, this is a team that can do a lot of different things. They get out in transition, they run. Pitt gets out in transition, they run. Um, I don't think they're super bigger than Pitt. Uh, I think that's kind of the all factor here is that, you know, they're not as long as a Duke or a, a Florida State. It doesn't mean they don't have length, but Pitt's gonna not Pitt's not gonna have to deal with that type of length that they did in the past few games. And so Pitt's going to be able to get to the rack. I think that's where Pitt actually has to win here. I think they're going to have to get to the rack, and I think they're going to have to really attack the boards hard. If Pitt can get a few second-chance opportunities, which we have seen at times is up and down and up and down, we don't really know um, what's going to happen there. Well, here's the then, – then, then we – what really – is, is kind of what you're looking at is it's going to have the opportunity to fail a little bit at the three-point shooting because they're going to have to chuck up three-pointers and they're going to have to make some three-pointers. But what they really got to focus on is that they have to absolutely 100% of the time get to the rack with consistency and take care of the basketball. I think that is going to be a huge thing. This is a massive game. This could be a winner in, winner lose type out game. Um, and, and I say that just because you don't really want to count on a 9 and 1, 9 and 2 run from your team, right? You kind of want to do it steady, Eddie, and have your team have room to mess up. <laughs> like that, that is something that you, you really can't understate is that. It's always good to have leeway when you are fighting for the tournament. And Pitt's got plenty of tough games down the stretch. But this is a legitimately big game for both these teams. And they match up very weirdly with each other because they play a lot of similar basketball. Um, they don't really play with a ton of size. They shoot from the perimeter out and, and kind of play in through that. So I don't know how this game's going to work out. But two smart basketball teams, and Pitt definitely has the opportunity to win this game. This is a winnable game for Pitt. Absolutely. This is a winnable game for Pitt. And so they really have to step up in a big way. And honestly, when you look at who needs to step up in this game, it's going to be the other people around Jamaris Burton. We well, you know Jamaris Burton's going to do what he does. He's Jamaris Burton. He is kind of the steady Eddie guy, right? That is what you know about Jamaris Burton. But what really needs to happen is when you look at Greg Elliott, Nike Sabandi, Nellie Cummings, they have to step up their game. And I specifically want to dive into Nellie Cummings 
and talk about what he's doing here. The first book's going to go to a quick break. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. As we're still talking about Pitt men's basketball against Wake Forest here on Wednesday night. Uh, this will be a big game at the Pete. Kenny Pickett will be in attendance. But this is going to be a game that really could decide how the season goes for either of these teams. Um, both have good resumes in terms of some high quad one, quad two wins. Um, and, and, and others, they have some bad losses. Um Wake has their fair share of clunkers in their schedule, too, um, which is exactly why this game is so interesting and why you really don't know how this is going to play out. Um, and to me, it make, this game has a chance to be a really good one. I like the uncertainty of it in terms of actually watching this game. As a casual fan, this game would pique my interest. Seriously, um, this is this looks like an extremely fun fun game because this game could really turn into a barn burner. <laughs> These threes uh, start to fall, and that is honestly part of what makes this game unpredictable. What if Wake has the off shooting night? What if Pitt has one of their nights where they're just hitting things, and, and that that Pitt's kind of due for one of those. To be quite honest with you. It is kind of due for a game where they are starting to just they're, they're just unconscious from three. Um, they haven't had one of those in a little bit. They are getting to the point where they're due for a breakout three-pointer um game. And so I think that is is something to look at. Wake generally is pretty steady with their production, but what if it just shoots the lights out of the building? Well, that could change everything. When you look at this game as well, the pressure of the situation. Do guys crumble under it? Because this is going to be the biggest game for both teams of the year, to be quite honest with you, up to this point. They're veteran teams. They were built through the portal. Very similar teams of how they were built and how they came together. So what's going to end up happening? Are they going to... Collapse under the lights? Are they going to come up to the lights? I think that's another factor, the mental factor of everything. So, honestly, I think it's going to be something to watch with this game. And Pitt, in general, is a team that you really don't know what you're getting with them. You know they're a decent enough team. They're not a terrible team. They lost to Florida State. It happens. Uh, you have bad games. I think that is there's something to be said about that fact, right? Sometimes you just have bad games, and Pitt really hadn't had one of those in a while, and that was a bad game. And that's why it's stung to lose that Clemson game where you faced the best in the ACC, at least ranked at that time, and – you played really well and just choked it away in the final five, right? That You played better than them for most of the game. You should have won that game. And that's why that game, when you look back on it, it's really going to stink for Pitt. But they have bad games. It happens. I just hope that they're not getting worn down. And, and someone that really needs to step up and someone that Pitt really needs to get quality minutes from is Nelly Cummings. He's in a funk again. 
You know, he played really well pretty much after that VCU game going forward. Um, from VCU through the new year, through that Virginia game, this was a guy that played extremely well and gave Pitt everything they needed and so much more. But he's in a funk now. He's not shooting the ball well. He's turning the ball over. He's taking bad shots in transition. And teams are switching off Pitt and not allowing them to get straight down to the lane, and it's hurting Nelly Cummings. So how do they calm Nelly Cummings down? I think that's going to be the big thing. Because eventually the shooting's going to revert to the mean. He's not shooting well right now. In his last few games from downtown, he's 2 of 6, 1 of 3, 1 of 6, 1 of 8. If you want to extrapolate that all the way back to North Carolina, he's 1 of 5, 0 of 2, 0 of 3, 2 for 6, 1 for 3, 1 for 6, 1 for 8. He's only shooting 31% from three this year, even though he's a career 36% three-point shooter. That's going to have positive regression. Eventually, those three-pointers will start to fall. So Nelly Cummings is due to start hitting some of these shots, but is he better in a scoring capacity right now where he's taken 12 shots a game and he's taken six threes when he's clearly not in a hot streak mode right now? I don't think so. He doesn't need to be taking six threes. He took eight threes against Florida State. A lot of them were rushed in transition when they should have slowed him down. He needs to slow it down and let the game come to him. He's pushing a little bit too much right now. Nelly Cummings is a guy that can be a really valuable asset to this team when he plays well. So they need to talk to Nelly Cummings, calm him down, get him back into shape. Because really, when Pitt started to snap back into shape, Nelly Cummings snapped back into shape. That was really one of those key catalysts for Pitt's turnaround when everything else kind of failed. It was Nelly Cummings that kind of became an engine, and and everyone kind of rallied around what he did uh, there for a little bit. So I think they need Nelly Cummings big time in this game and in the future. This is a huge, huge stretch. Nelly Cummings was getting extra work and off to the side. It's not a surprise that he was doing it. You know, it's a veteran roster, and that's why I believe that Pitt can bounce back from this and win this game. I think the question is, how do they respond? This is this, this is kind of where you're going to find out the real true character of this team. Next three games are they got to go two and one in them. So, okay, how do you respond? How do you respond? When the question of the tournament is up in the air and you have three opportunities to strengthen that resume after a really bad game that hurt your resume. And so we'll see. We will absolutely see kind of what happens for Pitt moving forward. All right, everybody, as always, thanks for listening to the Lock on Pitt podcast. We'll be back tomorrow talking about whatever the outcome is here of this pit men's basketball game as always folks thanks for watching and as always hail to pit